Welcome back to the Culture Commentary. I'm Kendra. So today, like all the time, talk to you guys once a week and lots of things happen. So today I'm kind of going to do this basically all short, that's ridiculous stories because a lot of things happen that I wanted to talk about. Um, And so I'm just going to jump in so that we, you know, I'm just going to jump in. So the first thing I want to talk about, so this past week or week and a half or so, a bunch of YouTubers have come out and they're apologizing for like old things that they've done and everybody's on this apology tour before they get canceled or in anticipation of getting canceled or because somebody asked them and they are getting canceled. So one of the first people to do it was Jenna Marble. She has like 20 million subscribers. So last week she posted this video where she's apologizing for three separate incidents that she did. She wore blackface, pretended to be Nicki Minaj. She had an insensitive rap video that was racist to Asians. And then she said she did some slut shaming videos. Um, So... She ran the gamut. She had like a triple threat offensive apology campaign. And so she's now privated all her videos and, you know, she's apologized for all of that. But that she was like the first big YouTuber. She's in her 30s now. Like, I think she's like 33. And so she's like, oh, that was in the past, blah, blah, blah. Her her apology was actually seemed more sincere than some of the other ones that I've seen. For example, Shane Dawson, another YouTuber. He is now 31, has 23 million subscribers, started his channel in 2008. And so his is another, they both do like these comedy parody type YouTube channels that a bunch of people follow. So he has even more racist um, videos that he's posted. He wore blackface so many times he couldn't count. He said he's done it so many times. Um, He's used the N-word so many times. While in blackface sometimes. Um, So those were the the main pockets of things that he was apologizing for. Um, He said to me worth $12 million, which means that his 23 million subscribers netted him $12 million on his racist commentary, which is another problem altogether. But Friday... He posted his, his apology video. He called it Taking Accountability. And so he apologized for the blackface stuff and the N-word stuff. And he said, I've done a lot of things in my past that I hate, that I wish I could make go away, that I tried to make go away by deleting videos or untagging my Instagram, literally doing whatever I could to pretend those things didn't happen. Because yet, and then he says he apologized for them previously, but he's apologizing again because everyone was like, hey, you use blackface. He also apologized for making some um, pedophilia jokes. And then he said he would never talk about a child in a way that was inappropriate. After he posted this video, Jada Pinkett Smith was like, she called BS. She said she posted on her Twitter that she was done taking his excuses. Jaden Smith said that he was disgusting and that he sexualized an 11-year-old girl who happened to be his sister and it's the furthest thing from furthest thing from funny and not okay in the slightest. So what happened? 
um, when Willow was 11, back when she had that um, whip your hair back and forth song out, um, this guy Shane made a video where he pretended to masturbate to a poster of her 11-year-old self. That's the video that the Smiths are upset about. That's the one that they are like, you just did this whole apology video and didn't mention her at all. Didn't apologize for that specifically. So we're calling BS on the whole apology tour you trying to be on. He still to this day, I mean, that was Friday that he did the apology, but he hasn't addressed it at all. So the Smiths are done. And I think that he don't know who he messing with. Because you are messing with one of the black, you know, our black royalty families, if you will. Um, Like the Smiths. Like you, the Smiths are far, Will Smith is far more popular than you could ever be, sir. And you just mess with his daughter. Um, Jaden has his own fans. Jada had, like, that's a powerful entertainment family that you just mess with. And you didn't even apologize for sexualizing their 11-year-old daughter in a video. Like, to think that you're going to get away with that is silly. So, I mean, he's probably going to be doing or issuing some other apology soon. If not, I don't know if they're going to let it go this time. Um, Because I, I actually hadn't heard that before. But my first entry into this, his particular story, was the tweet that Jaden made on on Twitter. I woke up and I was like, what is he talking about? And so then I had to go do a little research. But I'm, I think y'all messing with the wrong one. And I think your channel is done for. Uh, that's my prediction. So we'll see what happens. But I'm sorry, Shane. You out. You've done, I mean, and this ain't, I mean, you've done so many things. It's time to let this go. And you've made $12 million on it. You shouldn't make a penny more. It's crazy. Okay, so the next thing I'm going to talk about. Police officers who are lying. Police First, there was the Shake Shack incident in New York. They, they claimed that somebody put bleach in their uh, milkshakes. That was a lie. A Kansas City cop said that somebody wrote effing pig on his McDonald's coffee cup. That was a lie. An Indianapolis cop claimed that his McDonald's food was sabotaged. That was a lie. The latest in this string of lies comes from a a tweeted photo. A Fox News reporter, you gotta have them in on it, tweeted a video of what he said was a tampon that was in a Frappuccino cup that was supposed to be this off-duty police officer's coffee cup. And he's like reporting the story. They, and so then you ask if he was off-duty, how we know he was a cop. The reporter says that he used his police credit union debit card to pay for the coffee. And then the workers were just so disgruntled at the police that they put a tampon in his drink. First problem. The picture shows the largest piece of cotton or fabric that I've ever seen in my life, which lets me know that neither this reporter nor the officer he's talking about has ever seen a tampon in their life. There's no way one is that big. If you get a chance, please look it up. It's the most ridiculous photo I've ever seen in my life. 
That's one. That's his first number one problem. Is that that's not a tampon. His second problem is that they reviewed the security footage at the Starbucks and ain't nobody see nobody put anything in anybody's drink. So this is the next and the latest lie. I don't know what the police officers are trying to accomplish, but you're lying. You're not even lying well because you're getting caught at every turn. And it's like, if you are lying about somebody trying to uh, poison or taint your food and beverages, then you know they lying about things like Rayshard Brooks, George Floyd. Like, you know that they are lying about all of their interactions with black people. If you're going to lie about somebody putting a tampon in a coffee or bleach in a, um, in a milkshake. So... This is why we can't trust you. This is why defund the police is gaining traction. This is why you're whining about the defund the police thing is not working. It's because you do things like this. You lie. And it's not one officer in one place. That was four different, that was four different places. I'm not sure where the Starbucks one was because it was reported by a reporter. But the other three were definitely in different states. Right? So is there like a police Facebook page where you guys get together and decide what lies you're going to do because this is ridiculous. Like, stop. I'm over them too. Like, they can go. They can go here, there, everywhere. It's just stupid because you're, you're messing with the employees that shouldn't be messed with. They're already making not a lot of money. Service industry jobs, restaurants, not even like high, like they're not, we're talking Shake Shack, McDonald's, Starbucks. These are not highly paid workers that you are messing with and I'm trying to get fired, I presume. And you're doing it indiscriminately. It's just like, hey, like you just, you're just making it up. So you guys got to go and behavior like that shows me who you are. Because you're just, I mean, you're just, you're lying. So now I can't believe anything you say. Now, I, I might have believed maybe 40% before, not the majority anyway, because I know you lie. I'm black in America. I know you lie. But it's like now I believe none of you and none of the things that you say. We need proof for everything you say. And so far, all of these attacks on your food are made up by you guys. So have fun with that. All right, next on the train of crazy stories from the week, Bill and Melinda Gates, um, who I've not talked about on this show, but as you all know, they run, they have a foundation, Bill Gates, I think it was either earlier this year or last year, maybe last year said that he was stepping down and going to focus on the foundation and you know, not the business stuff. So anyway, this past week, they were at a virtual Forbes 400 summit, and it was all about uh, philanthropy. And um, well, not this past, well, 10 days ago, June 18th. Um, And Bill Gates was very critical about the U.S.'s response to the pandemic and its poor contact tracing, which is not surprising because, you know, there's a lot to talk about with regard to our response or lack of response to the coronavirus pandemic. But during this talk, he said that he was optimistic about three coronavirus vaccines from um, Moderna, um, AstraZeneca, 
and Johnson and Johnson. So he said those three companies, he's optimistic about where they are in their, um, their, uh, vaccine creation. So then he said that the true test, um, is not creating the back, the vaccine, but how do you manufacture and distribute a vaccine to the world? Because he's like, you're going to need more than 10 billion doses and you, cause you need to vaccinate at least 80% of the population. And so he was saying that's going to be the real challenge. Once you find the vaccine, how do you then make it and get it to everybody? So then Melinda chimes in and she says, um, which her initial statement is not the worst, but then her next one is the problem. So first she says that she want, they are involved, her meaning the Gates Foundation is involved because they want to ensure that when this vaccine comes up, that it doesn't just go to the highest bidding countries first and goes where the need is first, Um, which is an admirable statement. Then she says that, you know, there's more than 60 million healthcare workers around the world and they should get the back. They should be one of the first people to get that vaccine. You know, they're on the front lines. Then she said for the U.S., It's going to be black people who really should get it first and many indigenous people as well and people with underlying symptoms and then elderly people. Here's the problem with that statement. Black people do not trust medicine, do not trust new vaccines, do not trust, you know, the healthcare industry in general and historically because we've been guinea, guinea pigs too many times. And to make that statement lets me know that she doesn't understand that. I know that she's saying that the, and it's not just black population. She left out, you know, Latinos. And it's like, why did you just, you know, single out black people when it's, we're not the only people who have a high number, a high instance of cases higher than our, you know, representative, represented, representation in the population. It's not just us. But it is, you know, she just, but the first thing you said is going to the black people. They really need it. Black people don't trust you and they definitely don't trust statements like this. That was my first thought when I read it. I was like, ah, that ain't going to go over well. You're going to have to backtrack this. Then I saw a tweet today, this morning on my Facebook thread, not a tweet, I'm sorry, not a tweet, on my Facebook page, a Facebook post from a girl I went to high school with and she said she has no basis for what she said by the way but she says that the vaccine she heard that the vaccine is sterilizing people first of all we don't have a vaccine um I don't know if any are being currently tested what they've developed is being currently tested on um humans but I don't think we're there yet but she said it's making people sterile (laughs) So then I was like, here we go, because here come the conspiracy theories and the this and the that. And so I read the comments and the majority of the comments, one person was like, you got some research on this? And she was basically, she said, no, it's my theory. But um, other people in the comment section were all, they were saying it's a depopulation plan. And that Bill and Melinda Gates are talk. They talk a lot about how populated the planet is, 
um, and how draining that is on the resources of the planet and that this is going to be because they are involved in multiple vaccines, um, tuberculosis and malaria. Like they're trying to develop a lot of vaccines. Um, their foundation does. And they're the conspiracy theorists are saying that this is a way vaccines will be the way that they get to depopulize the, the, the world essentially. Um, and so that's what I'm talking about. So when you come out and say things like we're going to give it to the blacks first (laughs) in my Dave Chappelle esque reference to the blacks, he always says that, but anyway, so if you give it to the blacks first, saying that us having a historical distrust and actually being experimented on then this is not going to work and I know many black people who have said I'm not going to be the first one to take it I'll take it but I won't be taking it first like there's going to have to be a different group of people that take it. They're okay. And you know, so I don't think this is going to go how they see it going. If that's their plan to give it to black people first. I don't know if that's going to work out. And the conspiracy theories are already starting. We don't even have a vaccine yet. They're already talking about it sterilizing people and it's a depopulation plot. So just... FYI, that's what's floating around in the world. Next, can we talk about Delta Airlines? Delta Airlines. Okay. Oh, Delta Airlines. I'm from, I mean, I'm in Atlanta, so it's all Delta all the time. They announced at their shareholders meeting last week that they had... 500 employees that had contracted coronavirus and 10 of them died. 500 employees, 10 dead. And y'all are flying around the country willy-nilly. The CEO said this at the shareholder meeting, but then um, pointed out, made a point to say that the vast majority of the employees didn't have it because 500 employees, 10 dead, is only a fraction of their 90,000 employees. Are you kidding me right now? They act like them 500 people were no big deal. And here's the thing, that's 500 confirmed. They haven't tested 90,000 employees. So to say that only 500 have it, only 10 dead, only 10 dead is the most ridiculous the the most ridiculous statement ever and a false characterization of the data. You didn't test 90,000 people. They did come out to uh, after this and say that they now have plans to test all their employees, um, at least starting in Minneapolis, and then they're going to expand it to Atlanta, Detroit, and New York. So you're just going to find more cases. There's no way you're not. You know why? Because Delta was not up until um, this week, kicking people off of planes when they didn't wear masks. So people could come on the planes up until they made an announcement um, Thursday, I think that said, going forward, they're going to start banning people if you don't wear a mask on the plane. The 
the employees had to wear masks, but none of the passenger did. And we know how effective that is. If the, you know, if one person's wearing a mask and one person isn't, and that person who's wearing the mask is the non, you know, non-infected person, you know, you're probably going to get it from the passengers. So then they said, so in one breath, they said, we're going to make everybody wear masks. And if you don't wear masks, we're going to ban you. In the next breath, they said they're going to loosen up the middle seat policy and ease up on the cap restrictions. Are you kidding me? It's like, okay, I don't understand what y'all are doing besides getting your employees killed. Apparently 10 at a time. Um, I don't know what, I don't know. It makes, I know that it's, I know for them it's numbers business more they want to fit more people on the plane as they've always done that's why the seats are so small and they were like businesses are picking up this and that this country is really i don't know under the illusion that the coronavirus is going to go away on its own without any us doing anything all the numbers are rising but all the restrictions are lessening across the board it's the most asinine thing i've ever said i do not understand what people are doing. Um, And it is one thing for a governor to say something stupid. It is another for people who can control their private business, Delta. um, And who can control what happens on their airlines to then also do stupid, make stupid decisions. So it's like a trickle down stupid effect. I don't know what's happening in the United States. we got the most cases of anybody. We're number one in that. And I guess that's where we're trying to stay. We're trying to make sure we have the most cases and the most deaths. And it's like, it's so stupid. Here's my suggestion. If you don't have to fly, please don't fly. Because they don't care about their employees. They definitely don't care about you. <laughs> They're just going, I mean, who cares if, if, and here's the thing, how, if you're going to enforce, if this is the way you've been operating and everyone has to have a mask on when they get on the plane, my question would be, are you going to make them keep it on? Because what if they get on the plane and it's around their chin, like we see people wearing or only around their mouth, nose out as they're, you know what I mean? It's like, how strict are you about to be about those policies? Cause you've been lackadaisical so far. Your employees have been getting it and dying and you you wrote it off like, well, it ain't that many people. 10 people from Delta is a lot of people, regardless of how many people you employ for one company. When was the last time you had 10 employees die Delta? Like that's insane to say, to write it off like it's no big deal. The vast majority of them are fine. I I can't. These people, I can't. I don't understand what's going on and what, but I've said this on more than one show, you are on your own to protect yourself. I advise you not to fly unless it is absolutely necessary. Next thing I'm going to talk about, because the shenanigans in this country continue. So now we're going to talk about some, um, those COVID relief or some of the COVID relief payments. So, you know, the stem or the whatever they the from the CARES Act, the money that the $1200 that everybody got. Um apparently hundreds of thousands of dollars were sent to people who were incarcerated across the US under this because remember they sent it to everyone who filed taxes the previous year. <laughs> 
that's how they got the database of people they were going to send money to was who filed taxes. And then there were some exceptions within that uh, racist exceptions, you know, um, but there were exceptions within uh, exceptions within that who weren't going to get paid. So, however, they did not specifically mention people in jail or prison inmates or anyone incarcerated. That was not specifically mentioned and was not an exception. However, so they sent all this money out to people and now the IRS is like, oops, our bad. Let's try to get that money back. So then when asked by some tax attorneys and some other people, what basis are you using to recall this money? The only thing that they pointed to was a social security act, which says that incarcerated people cannot receive benefits. However, this is not a social security check. This was a different set of money, a different fund with different rules at a different time. You didn't specify, you forgot. You forgot to say, we don't want to give it to in- incarcerated people. That's that's Congress's bad. Oh, well, IRS, you cannot take it upon yourself to be like, we're going to get them back. But they have been. But apparently they can So this is what they've been doing. They've been talking to all the state corrections departments, trying to get them to intercept the checks before the uh, prisoners have it or, you know, before the inmates get it and then return it to the IRS. Are you crazy? Like they have no, no one told them they could do this. There's no law that says they can do this. The IRS doesn't just get to wake up one day, make a, you know what? Give me that money back with no basis to give it back. They weren't specifically um, excluded. So when you sent out money, they had, some of them had filed taxes the previous year. They got checks sent to them. Good news is that they're having a hard time getting all this back. If you know somebody who received the check and they're an inmate, I tell them to keep it and don't say nothing. (laughs) Uh, Keep your 1200. Okay. What state's, So Kansas has intercepted like $200,000 worth. Idaho and Montana together have gotten back $90,000. Washington State only got $23,000 back. Some states aren't saying if they were able to stop any. And then some states like California got less than 12 checks back total. (laughs) And they got a lot of inmates. So you know they probably got a lot of checks in. So they only got 12 back total. Um... But I don't know how many of them, um, if they had direct deposit and they their, their accounts are, you know, still open, then I'm sure they got their money and they can keep it. They're, these are people who are getting uh, those physical checks that, and some of them apparently are still getting through. Obviously, if California only got 12 checks back total. Um, but they, that money is theirs. There's no law that says it's not theirs. So that money is theirs and they need it just like other people need it because whatever people were supporting them or putting money on their books or doing whatever it was that they were doing are also in distress now. So to say that they don't need it is, is not true. Um, because who, yeah, whoever on the outside was supporting them is probably also in financial distress and they need that money too for other reasons. And maybe they have children it can go to or whatever. doesn't matter. It's their money. So nice try IRS, but they are collecting it on, you know, 
on the low low with no basis <clears throat> in law. So illegally taking the money back and who knows what happened to it after that. Um, I don't know. You tell me. Next story. Oregon. We're going to Oregon now. The governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, she um, announced or, you know, made a mandate, excuse me, that all the residents in seven counties were going to be required to wear masks in indoor public uh, spaces without exception. So everybody needs to have a mask on when you outside. That was basically what she said. One of those counties in Oregon is called Lincoln County. They decided that they're going to be even more helpful. We on the ball. We got this. So they added an exception to this for non-right residents. If you feel harassed, you don't have to wear a mask. That was along with their exceptions for health and medical conditions and children under 12 or people with disabilities that prevented them from wearing masks. Also, people of color who um, feared harassment in public also didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. So what happened after that was they got all of these racist commentary from their people. Lincoln County has 50,000 residents. 90% of them are are white. Less than 1% are black. Less than 1% of their 50,000 residents are black. They got all this racist, hateful commentary about black people and other people of color, if there are any in this. I think they have um, a growing Latino population. And then I think they have Native Americans in Oregon, too. So they got all of this. And none of those people would have been required to wear a mask if they felt harassed. So it had the opposite effect. They were there. Now all the people are like, I don't know what they were saying. They didn't give specific examples. I don't even really want to know, but the city council and not city council, but all the county electives and all of those were getting all of this commentary that they said was racist. So they put out a statement after they got a bunch and they're like, we are shocked and appalled at the volume of horrifically racist commentary we have received regarding this policy exception. The vitriol that county leadership staff has been subjected to is unprecedented. All all this only a month after George Floyd's death. The expressions of racism regarding the exception has has created a ripple of fear throughout our communities of color. The very policy meant to protect them is now making them a target for further discrimination and harassment. Some of those minority groups were calling for them to just, to not just, but to revise the policy and say everyone needs to wear a mask. Um, I think it's funny that they're shocked and appalled. Um... I also think that they think that this amount of hate is unprecedented, but okay, Oregon, but you, I mean, I guess if it's 90% white, you don't really have to deal with the racism. Um, So it is unprecedented to you because everybody been white there for so long. It's like, oh, we got a few black people, some Native Americans, uh, which you probably have been, you know, it's, 
whatever. <clears throat> so it had the opposite effect of what all the officials wanted to do. I don't know how singling out people is helping instead of fixing the problem of them being harassed because they are black in a mask. You, your solution was, well, ju- just don't wear a mask. That solves nothing because they're still black in Oregon. So, I mean, good luck with this one. People are pissed. All your racists are out. And black people be careful. That's all I can say. Because things around this country are definitely, you know, it's a powder keg around here. Last, certainly not least, another story of white privilege at its finest. Here we go. Manhattan Beach, California. Mira Costa High School. They, like all the other high school graduates of 2020, had to have either a virtual graduation or a drive-through graduation. The uh, Mira Costa High School had a drive-through graduation on June 11. They had 680 graduates, the majority of which are white. <clears throat> it's a white upper middle class area and that's the majority of the people that go to this high school vast majority but the drive through wasn't good enough for them like it was for everybody else it just wasn't enough we mu- we can do more they decided to organize a walk they called it a walk from Hermosa Beach to Manhattan Beach it was planned by both parents and students You know when the students got their idea for their lovely graduation march? The Black Lives Matter marches. Yeah. A stationary designer, Aaron um, Codron, 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 um, apologized for her role in helping the children organize the event because they're still children at graduating time. Not black people, but okay helping their children organize the event. She said that it quickly got out of control. It was a march for the graduates. How did it get control? The pictures show everybody in cap and gowns walking. So did you think it was going to be 10 students? You knew better. Y'all invited the whole class and you know you did. Her, She says her daughter got the idea after she participated in a Black Lives Matter march. So she thought, I know, I know a similar cause. Oh, okay, I'm here. Black people are fighting for equal rights, not trying to die by the hands of police. We want, <clears throat> you know, racism to stop, for racist statues to come down, for, for us to be, to have the same opportunities, to access to this, that, you know, tell the police to stop killing us. She said, I know, I know something similar. I didn't get to walk during my graduation. I had to do a drive-through and that's like the same thing. So why don't I just organize a march for that too? You know, civil disobedience. I get it. I get it. Totally, totally fine, right? So anyway, so now from Bombs Online apologizing, she says, um... She understands that many are rightfully offended by this event. She is dedicated to learning and growing through her mistakes and educating her children along the way. Uh, Yeah. 
she said that the idea for the walk came from her daughter in Black Lives Matter movement and saw that she said the daughter saw it as deeply moving and having a lasting impact. So you wanted to walk for graduation? That is not, if that's what you call deeply moving, then you, of course you missed the whole point because you went and organized your, your friends to walk from beach to beach um, in California because that's the same freaking thing. <clears throat> but anyway, a local photographer who was taking the pictures that got this all put on blast because the pictures were picked up by the Huffington Post and some other places um, because he took them. Um, was saying he doesn't think it was any um, he said people are offended yeah no it was insensitive he said people are it it was admittedly insensitive but that um, he doesn't think the students were mocking the movement no I don't think it was a mocking of the movement necessarily but it was white we don't have to it was missing the entire point of the movement it was disregarding the point of the movement and it was doing what privilege always is i get to turn this off you guys are marching for racism we're black all the time we feel that we can't turn it off but you know what i can go over here in my manhattan beach california bubble and just take from your organizational skills and use that for something frivolous so was it mocking? No, but it was deeply offensive. And it's like, I don't even think they thought enough about it to make, fun. it wasn't making fun of, it was literally just dismissing it as a, it, you know, it's an afterthought. The racism is an afterthought. Um, that is the problem that I have with it anyway. So he's like, there was no, you know, premeditation. And they were, he's saying it's just perfect rage, babe, because they're a privileged community and that's why people are up in arms. Nope, I'm up in arms because it's a stupid graduation march and you took the idea from Black Lives Matter, missed the entire point. And so, yeah, I'm back. Maybe it is a mock and made a mockery of it. Maybe that is, maybe it is that. Maybe it is mocking. It's just completely disrespectful and that's why we're all upset and offended so that was several stories that I saw this week that I just wanted to combine into basically one ridiculous segment podcast edition and I'm sure there are more stories out there that go along with some of these other things but It's just like we, I don't know what we're doing in this country, but it ain't good. But that's my show for the day. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. I'll see you next week. Bye.